Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. A squirrel was up in a pine tree, and uh, the tree starts shaking, and he looks down and he sees an elephant climbing the tree. And he hollers down there, what are you doing? What are you doing, Mr. Elephant? What are you doing climbing up my tree? He said, well, I'm, I'm coming up there to eat some pears. He said, dummy, this is a pine tree. This is not a pear tree. There are no pears up here. The elephant looked a little perplexed and looked up again at the squirrel and said, well, I brought my own pears. <laughs> That's all there is, guys. Sorry. That's all there is. You're welcome. I never do that one again. Okay. Hebrews, not tonight. Tonight I'm excited to uh, get into the Word. Tonight we're going to get a bit theological. Is it all right if we get theological tonight? Yes, of course. All right, then we will get, this is some good theology. Good theology. Good for the soul. Good for the spirit. Amen. Are you ready? Yeah. Hebrews 4. Verse 1, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 starts, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest. Anybody need some rest tonight? Let us fear. Isn't that interesting? A promise rain, remains for entering his rest. Let us fear. Well, that doesn't sound very restful. Let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of Yeah, you need to be afraid not to rest. That's what it's saying. Afraid not to rest. This is glorious. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. It's talking about the, uh, the former days, all right? But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. The word alone will not profit you until you believe it, all right? The word plus faith equals profit. Amen. You gain from that. You expand. You increase. You grow when you put your faith in the Word of God. Jesus said it's the truth that you know that will set you free. Truth alone will not set you free. Truth that you know will set you free. Amen? So, but don't you love this? He says there remains, a promise remains of entering his rest. And the very next thing he says, for indeed the gospel. My family, the gospel is the rest of God. The gospel is the rest that he's speaking of, all right? Faith is the access into that rest. Verse 3 says, for we, have, we who have believed do enter that rest. You see that? Faith is the access into the rest of God. It is the end of our striving. It is the end of our working. It is the end of our trying. It is the end of all of that, and it is fully uh, a wide open entrance by faith into Christ finished work. He, when he said it is finished, it was finished. And he, and he signified that and he proved that when he sat down next to his father. The work was done. The work was complete. Amen. Jump over to Romans chapter 4. The gospel is the rest. The gospel is the rest. It's the, what does is what is Romans 1, 16 say? For it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who what? Believes. Everyone who believes. When you believe, you experience the power of the gospel. All right? There's, it's not about earning points. 
Not about trying. No, 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 no. This is about resting. All right? So Romans chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 1. I want to uh, talk about some really good things here for just a moment. What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? Verse 2, for if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Now, I want to say this for just a moment. When Abraham was made righteous, we see that happen in Genesis chapter 15. All right? Remember when God came to him, and, and we talked about this in our, in our God of Abundance series. It was the first time God introduced himself. No, 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 no. Yes. Or was it Genesis 17? I'm wrong. It was just 17. Never mind. Forget, scratch that. Okay, Genesis 15. He says, uh, the Lord comes to Abram and tells him that uh, the word of the Lord appeared to him in a vision. That's what it was. All right? And, and so then uh, Abraham said, what are you going to give me seeing that I go childless? Remember that conversation he had with God? He said, you've told me, you know, before that in me all the descendants of the earth are going to be blessed, all the families, but I don't have any kids. What are you going to, he said, I am your exceedingly great reward. And, and he said, what are you going to give me? So then God said, well, come out of your tent. So Abraham came out of his tent and he said, look at the stars. That's, so shall your descendants be. You're, you're cooped up in your tent and I need you to see what I'm seeing. You're seeing what you don't have. I'm going to show you actually in the stars what you do have. All right, so he got him out there and he saw, he said, if you can number those stars, then that's how many kids you're going to have. Those are your descendants. And, and Genesis 15, 6 says, And he, Abram, believed God, and God accounted it to him for righteousness. All right, at that moment, Abram, before he was Abraham, Abram was made righteous. Now, I want to say a couple of things that he did before that. In Genesis chapter 12, this is the beginning of Abraham, and God speaks to him and tells him, Get up and get out of your country. Leave your father's house. I'm going to take you to a place that you don't know not, but that, that you do not know, but it's going to be your inheritance. Abraham is 75 years old, right? He should be playing golf at this point in his life, taking it easy. But now God's saying, We're going to start a whole new life together. At 75, get up out. And you know what Abraham did? He obeyed God. But it wasn't made righteous when he did that. He obeyed God and he, and he left, but he still wasn't made righteous. Abraham, we come over to Genesis chapter 14, and now we find Abram after he has rescued Lot from these kings who had captured him, and he whipped up on all these kings with them, all the men that were born in his house, 318 of them, beat up all these kings. They got all the spoils, and they were coming in this place called the Valley of Shava or the King's Valley, and they're coming to meet the king of Sodom and Gomorrah, and this mysterious Man steps out the first time we see him, and we hardly ever hear his name throughout the scriptures. His name is Melchizedek. Melchizedek steps out and said, Blessed are you, Ab of Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And when Abram received that blessing, he in turn gave a tithe of all the spoils of war. All right? He gave a tithe. He still is not made righteous at this point. He has obeyed God, left his family. He is, he, is, he is giving money to God, and he's still not made righteous, all right? And it's not until he believed God. It's not until he believed the promise, so shall your descendants be, and Abram believed God, and God accounted it to him for righteousness, all right? So then he has nothing to boast about. He can't say, well, I left my father's house. That's why, that's why I'm, I'm blessed. That's why that, that I'm righteous today. Oh, well, I gave a tithe. I, I, gave, I gave my money, so that's why I'm righteous. No, he, can't, he has nothing to boast about. God made him righteous by virtue of his faith, period. Oh, that's good. All right, get ready. We've got some really good things to, 
to talk about. Verse 3 of Romans 4. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Verse 4, now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as debt, but as grace, but as debt. So that's a simple thought. You know, this guy, Landry, without his mullet, cut his mullet off, has a job. He has a job. You have a job, right? Is that right? Yes, sir. Are you single? Yes, sir. <laughs> Ladies, he's mulletless. And he has a job. And he's handsome. And he loves Jesus. Uh, if your boss, after you worked, you, how often do you get paid? Every Friday. Every Friday. Every Friday. So your boss came up to you this coming Friday and handed you your check. Why is, it, what, why is he giving you that check? Because I busted my butt. Okay. If he came up to you, that's one way to say it. If he, if he came up to you, you do need a girl in your life. Soften you up a little bit, man. So he, he gives you that check. What if he said to you, I want to give you this gift? What are you going to think about that? I'm going to accept it. Well, yeah, but, you're, but aren't you going to think, this isn't a gift? I worked for this? Because it was already my paycheck. Yeah, that okay, yeah, there you go. That's good. So you would not consider that a gift. If he, on top of that, handed you a bonus check for $500 and said, I want to give you this gift, well then, yeah. All right, this, is, this wasn't something you earned. It was something that he gave you out of the kindness of his heart, okay? But you've earned your wages, all right, so that's what this is saying. It's not, if, if it's uh, now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace. So in other words, you can't earn grace. Grace is given to us, right? Grace is what God wants you to have. Glory to God. Aren't you glad he wants you to have that? There are a lot of things uh, that, that, that we would be scared to think that God would want us to have, right? You did wrong, there's cancer. There, you did wrong, there's evil. There's calamity, there's, right? No, no, no. God wants you to have grace, all right? The enemy wants all those other things. The enemy wants all the other things, all right? But God wants to give grace. Okay, but to him who does not work, verse 5, this is beautiful. But to him who, say, say does not work. Now, this does not mean don't have a job, all right? This is talking about your righteousness, your justification, all right? But to him who does not work but believes. All right, let me ask you a question. Did Paul, here for us, just make a distinction between believing and works? I mean, he drew the line in the sand, didn't he? Him who does not work, but believes. Does not work, but believes. Does not work, but believes. I'm saying this over and over again because we're going to go to another scripture that's going to look very contradictory to what we're reading here right now. Him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies who? The ungodly. See, this is the beauty of the grace of God. This is the beauty of the gospel that God, only God can justify ungodly people. We could justify godly people because that makes sense. You did right, yeah. You'd be justified because you're innocent because you did right, but he justifies ungodly people. That's what makes grace greater than everything else in the world. All right? His faith, his faith. God did his part in justifying the ungodly, but the ungodly received that benefit by believing it. 
His faith then is accounted for righteousness. All right, so what Paul teaches us here in Romans chapter 4 is faith without works is righteousness. Faith without works is righteousness. All right, now let's go to our brother James in James chapter 2. Matter of fact, faith without works is rest. Yeah. Faith without works is rest. James chapter 2 and verse 21. All right. Was, a, was not Abraham, our father, justified by works? Wait a second. What did Paul just say about all that? Didn't Paul say that works aren't a part of that equation? When did, when did Paul say that he was justified? When he believed God, and it was kind of that day when God said, so shall your descendants be. But look, look, when Ab- look when James says that Abraham was justified. This is powerful. Was not Abraham justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Well, that's all the way over in Genesis chapter 22. All right? Paul says he was justified in Genesis 15. James says he was justified, Paul says by faith. James says by works in Genesis 22. All right? Verse 22, let's continue to read. Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works, faith was made perfect? Verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled which says, wow, he's going to use the same scripture Paul did. This is awesome. Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Let's keep reading. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Whoa. Whoa. Now Paul made it clear to us in Romans 4, 5. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. But James says, you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. So my family, these two men are saying the opposite thing. The opposite thing. And both of them are right. How do we reconcile this? Because this this is a bit of contention amongst believers. And it's also caused a lot of confusion in people. And there's a lot of misunderstanding about it. But I believe that it's going to get clear to you tonight. Are you ready for some clarity on this? All right. We need, we need some clarity on Because when we come across things like that, we go, okay, how can both of them be right? And which one really applies to me? Well, let me just say this. Paul was the apostle to the James was an apostle to the Jews. Matter of fact, when James opens up in James 1.1, it says to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. So we know that his audience is the Jews, all right? We also know that Peter was an apostle to the Jews. Now, he did get the door open for Paul's ministry when he was sent to Cornelius' house, but that door closed real quick on Peter's ministry, and he went right back to the Jews, all right? That's why I say the Catholic Church got the wrong pope. Paul is, they should have, they should have picked Paul. They should have just picked Paul. Everything would have been fine. It would have been like us. Amen. Okay. They just got the wrong Pope. Because he was an apostle to the Jews. All right. 
James was an apostle to the Jews. John was an apostle to the Jews, all right? Peter, James, and John. But Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles or to us. So that's why I say it's very important that we understand Paul's writing because we would really have no understanding of this man named Jesus. We would have no understanding of the gospel. We have no understanding whatsoever what Abraham's significance is for us today. None of that had it not been for what Jesus taught Paul to teach us. All right? He's the guy that got the message to us. The other guys were not interested in you. They just weren't interested in you. They were sent to their own people, to the Jewish nation. All right? It's important that you understand that. You know what? Matter of fact, I need to back that up with Scripture. Jump over to Galatians chapter 2 for a moment. Um, I want to say along verse 7. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a resident theologian here in the house, uh, Pastor Nathan Sauce. Sauce, what a name, huh? He calls himself Awesome Sauce. So that we don't have to. (laughs) Okay, is it seven? Towards there. Let's try Galatians 3, or 2, 7. David Grubbs, thank you. What do you have? Yes, that is it. Thank you. Galatians 2, 7. Sorry, David, I didn't have that in my notes. It just, but on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter, you see that? There was a gospel for the uncircumcised, which is us, the Gentiles, and there was a gospel for the circumcised. Paul was the overseer of that one to the uncircumcised. Peter was the overseer of that to the circumcised. You've got to get this, got to get this down. Okay, verse 8 of Galatians 2. Can we give David Grubbs a big hand back there? He's working feverishly. For he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised or to the Jews also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. Okay, so we understand now the target audience of Paul is you. Target audience, Peter, is the Jews. All right, it's important that we get this. And and James and John. Okay, I think we we can read that a little further. Verse 9, we're going to stay in maybe. And when James, Cephas, and John... Peter is Cephas, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me. They gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to who? All right? They all understood their mission. They all understood their position clearly. All right? Peter, James, and John were sent to the Jews. Paul was sent to the Gentiles. Paul had, Paul had a lot bigger, a lot, lot bigger calling than these guys did. I mean, the Jews make up like... 0.2% of the world's population. Paul's like, I got the rest of them. <laughs> when Jesus told Peter, James, and John go into all the world and preach the gospel, they weren't thinking about all the world. They were thinking all the Jewish world. That, and Peter had to have a revelation that the Gentiles were coming into this later on. All right? They just thought all the Jewish world, oh, this is easy. It was like, way few of us. We'll knock this out in no time. And they thought on the day of Pentecost they'd really done something. 3,000 people were saved. That we're about to get this thing whooped. It's almost over. And then Acts chapter 10. No, there's a guy named Cornelius, and now the gospel's open up to the rest of the world. Paul, where are you? We need your help. 
Now watch this. So how are both of these, how are both of these things right? How is it that James is right? Okay, so we understand then from, from Galatians also that there is a gospel to the Gentile and there is a gospel to the Jew, all right? Now, the centrality of that gospel, the substance of that gospel is Jesus Christ, all right? So we all understand that, faith in Jesus. But then from that point, things are a bit different. Things are a bit different. Do you remember the, the council in Jerusalem in uh, Acts chapter 15 when there was a lot of disputing, a lot of arguing as the church was becoming established because the Scripture says that there were these Judaizers who were trying to convert Gentiles into Jews? All right, so they were going to these churches where Paul and Barnabas had preached the gospel, that is, that confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Well, they were coming in after them telling them, okay, but also now you need to be circumcised and you need to keep the law of Moses. And the Scripture says that they were unsettling their souls. They were unsettling. In other words, there was no rest anymore. They got into the rest, then all of a sudden, these guys came and said, no, no, ain't no resting. Now it's work time. So then they had this big dispute, and they finally settled the issue. All right? And James is actually the guy who settled the issue. James stood up and said, listen, guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to send a letter to these, to these Gentile churches and tell them, that these guys went out from among us, but they were not from, we did not send them to you. All right, we're, we're not back in their play at all. Here's what we ask you to do. Quit sleeping around, uh, quit drinking blood, quit pagan worship. All right, God bless you. That was it. Those are the rules. That was it. That's still good rules today. Really good rules. All right. Should have had a better amen, but okay. You like drinking blood that much, huh? All right, okay. Let's go now to Romans chapter 3. And we're going to start in verse 27. All right? And I believe that right here, this right here is going to make a difference in your understanding of these two thoughts, all right? Faith without works is righteousness versus faith without works is dead. All right? Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. Verse 28 Therefore, we conclude that a man, he's going to say the same thing here as he says later on in Romans 4, 5, is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law, right? Paul's making that clear for us to understand. Apart from the deeds of the law, you're made righteous by faith apart. In other words, without faith, without works is righteousness, right? Or justification. Next, next one. Or is he the God of the Jews only? Because if he's the God of the Jews only, then it is faith plus deeds of the law. If it's just the Jewish gospel, it's faith plus the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? No, because we conclude that Gentiles are saved by faith apart from works. We're justified by faith apart from works, all right? Or is he the God of the Jews? Oh, is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Does this help tonight? All right, so now, and, and, and I've 
studied this stuff out, and I keep seeing, you know, more things that point us to these two different gospels, yet faith is the issue, faith in Jesus is the initial issue, but the walk of it is a bit different, all right? There is some justification for the Jew, in, and I don't know how all that works, and I'm glad. I'm honestly glad, because I, I have a gospel that's to me that I've got to get to as many Gentiles as I can. You have a gospel, you, you got to get to as many Gentiles as possible, all right? But God knows us, and he knows how we think. He knows how Jews think, and they think differently than we do. They're, they're rich in their heritage. They're rich in the, in the law and the prophets and those things. So God has made a message for them. This is beautiful. This is just the grace of God, all right? So you like your law. You like keeping all those things. Well, you got to start with Christ. Then all of that stuff will be worth something, all right? Because you've been living in the shadow of things and not the substance of those things. All those were shadows and types of him. So if you'll trust in him, then all of those things will have real meaning because they'll all be about him. Does that make sense? All right? But you and I, we don't have such customs. We, we were never even under the law. I mean, it, it never even fit us. It was never made for us. So that's why we are justified by faith alone apart from the deeds of the law. This ought to help you tonight. Come on, give me a high five. All right. So that way, because that's the only way that both of, those, both of these scriptures can be inspired by God. That's the way, only way that these scriptures can be true, both of them, because they're saying very different things. But I love this. So that Abraham could be the father of all of us, we see him justified in two ways. While uncircumcised in Genesis 15, so that all of us Gentiles have hope. And then after circumcision on that mountain, by works, offering up Isaac as a Jew. Justified in both places so that he would be the father of all of us. That's some good theology right there for you. And if you have any questions, ask Nathan. He'll answer questions. All right, now let's go back to Hebrews 4 because we've gotten to verse 3. We're not going to get through all of it, obviously, tonight. Unless you just want to. For we, verse 3, for we who have believed do enter that rest. I love this. As he said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Talking about the children of Israel who, who did not believe the promise. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works, and again in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience, or we saw that chapter 3 actually taught us it was because of unbelief, which is the ultimate disobedience. You know, there is one unpardonable sin, it's the, it's the sin of unbelief. <laughs> Just one. You don't believe the gospel, then you will forever be accounted, your sins will forever be accounted to you. All right? Since therefore it remains that some must enter, those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. All right? Uh, and we've talked about what obedience to the gospel means. Romans chapter 10 uh, and verse uh, 16. Let me back up a little bit. Uh, how, should, how then shall they hear without a preacher? 
How shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. There it is, verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed? So he taught us here that to obey the gospel is to believe the gospel. All right, you get that? They have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report. All right? Um, also, Paul talks in Galatians as well. Galatians chapter 3. I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture here. I, th- I think I'm supposed to. Um, <laughs> verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. That word obey here means to be persuaded of. To be persuaded of. That you should not be persuaded of the truth. Or one of the words for it is also believe, that you should not believe the truth, all right? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So again, Paul's talking to the Galatians saying, why are you, why are you trying to get out of the freedom that you have in Christ? Why are you trying to leave that restful place and going into striving, right? Why, why? Believe the gospel and rest in Christ's finished work. No longer try to earn what you can never earn. Amen. So what he's teaching us here is you cannot mix the gospel with the works of the law. They just don't mix. You can't trust Jesus and you. It's trust only in him. All right? We trust the man. Our whole identity is in him. All of our faith is in him. All of our hope is in him. Otherwise, we are hopeless. By the way, he's going to be in heaven a long time. Did you know that? Jesus, he's going to be the Son of God for a long time. And as long as he is, so are you. Because he came here for you. See, Jesus came here on behalf of us. He came here for you. Say that. He came here for me. All right? So then whatever has happened to him happens to you. He came here for you. So Paul, remember Paul in in, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, he begins to talk about some of this, this belief had crept in that there was no resurrection of the dead. And he says, then if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ actually didn't rise. But the fact that he did rise means that we get to rise because he came here on our behalf to show us what it's going to be for us. He first had to do it, right? Why? Because we're in him. Now we're in him. And if he rose from the dead, there's a guarantee, my family, that you will rise from the dead. Guaranteed as a believer, you will absolutely rise from the dead. Otherwise, he didn't rise from the dead. But because he did rise from the dead, you're coming up too. That's the hope you have. That's the assurance that you have. Oh, by the way, he also ascended into heaven, which means you're going to ascend into heaven. There actually is a thing called the rapture of the church. It's real. Because if you don't believe that you're going up, then you don't believe that Jesus went up. Because he did it for you. He did all these things to give you hope that this is what you're coming to. You're coming up from the dead, and you're, coming, you're going up in the, up in the clouds. First, Corinthians, uh, First Thessalonians 4 talks about that, uh, that the dead in Christ will rise first, which means they got first-class seating, right? They, 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 they rise first, and we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them, the Scripture says, in the clouds, which means we're, we're going up. To the high place. Come on, John, a little Ron Cannoli. We're going up. That's some old school worship right there. All right. Going up. Meet the, meet to, 
together in the clouds, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Hey, that means he's going to be there too because the scripture says he's going to descend from heaven with a shout. And apparently he's just going to kind of hover up there in the clouds. And then we're all the dead and all those that are alive are going to be caught up. Why? Because he got up. He, he ascended. You will ascend. He, he was raised. You will be raised. He ascended. You will ascend. And now he's doing what? Now he's seated. And the scripture says that you are seated in heavenly places with Christ. How saved are you? I'm so saved I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ. I'm not there yet, but I'm already there. I don't understand it. This body's still catching up, but the Spirit's there. Because he's there on my behalf, and because he's there, I get to be there. Because he rose, I rise. Because he ascended, I ascend. Because he's seated, I'm seated. That was worth coming to church for right there. So it's all, we only trust in Jesus. Again, verse 7 of Hebrews 4. Again, he designates, I'm going to read about four more verses. He designates, and then preach about an hour and a half. Again, he designates a certain day in David. Watch this. Today, after such a long time, as it's been said, today, if you will hear it. Well, can you hear this guy, this author's pleading over again? We've seen this verse several times already in this, in this book, haven't we? Today, if you will, can you feel the urgency of this? Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. So Joshua got them into that land of rest, didn't he? He got them into the land of promise, but that was not the final rest. That was not the ultimate rest that God was talking about. The rest he's talking about is what you're living in right now. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. Remember who this is written to? It's called Hebrews. All right? Remember, this is written to Jews. We are, we are not considered, let me say this to you and help you understand that, we're not considered the people of God. The Jews are the people of God. We are the sons of God. All right? That's that scripture that says you are a peculiar people, a holy nation, that's not talking about us. That makes a good song, but it, it does, it, that's not who we are. All right? Just want you to understand that. Peter is talking to his own people. We're not the children of Israel just so everybody gets that clear, okay? For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. That's beautiful, isn't it? He has ceased from his works as God did from his. In other words, we're laying it down. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience or unbelief. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.